1: I see you eagerly awaiting to announce whatever is on your uh, piece of the Nerdist Community corkboard. What do you got?
0: There is a comedy festival called the Red Clay Comedy Festival in Atlanta. It's uh, from September 29th to October 1st. And um, this year, Rory Scovel is going to be recording his new special or filming his new special there that is also going to be released by Third Man Records. Uh, Some of the other headliners are Colin Quinn and Clayton English. And then also the, the festival is partnering with Project Paps Music Festival. And so if you go to the Red Clay Comedy Festival, your pass gets you into um, the music festival as well that also features Run the Jewels, Effects, Mastodon, and a ton more. You can find out more info at redclaycomedy.com.
1: Thank you, Katie Levine. Uh, this episode of the Nerds Podcast is John Stamos, who is uh, such a, just like a nice guy. He's so lovely. He doesn't have to be. If John Stamos was a dick, wouldn't you be like, I get it.
0: Yeah, he's very handsome. He's handsome. He's (laughs) successful.
1: He's got a billion-dollar smile. And he just couldn't be nicer. Uh, He is on Scream Queens now, the next season of Scream Queens, which starts uh, September 20th, Tuesday, September 20th. So uh, watch him on that Fuller House coming back yeah i found December, out during right? this podcast yeah. yeah fuller house coming back so uh yeah so thanks john thanks john stamos for coming on the podcast i think he's just at john stamos on twitter if i'm yes, not mistaken I looked up, Yeah. and uh this episode also oh by the way can i just say this that at midnight's on at 11 30 for now yeah and we don't know if that'll be a permanent thing i guess if you watch it'll be permanent what do you... you
0: do if it turns permanent do you change the name
1: no because at a certain <laughs> point the at a certain point, a title just becomes, like, yeah. the brand of the show. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I think some people have been a little, like, but it's not at midnight now. Why wouldn't you call it at 1130? Yeah, like, but well, those people shut up. So. Well, <laughs> wow, Katie, cracking the whip. Mm. But uh, I, I sort of playfully justify it by saying, like, well, we announce a winner at midnight.
0: That's true. You, know? you do.
1: And the concept of the show is... It's kind of like midnight. Like these are a lot of the things that happen throughout this last day that end at midnight. Yep. You know, so
0: all fair points.
1: And honestly, I was always fudging it a little bit because when I would say it's eleven fifty nine and fifty nine seconds, it was actually always twelve o one. But I, but it didn't make sense to say this happened earlier today because that just yeah. would have meant in the last minute. That's so I true. I was I had a I drew a line, a line in the sand or a line. I'm like we have to say 11. 59, 59 seconds so that at least. We can say this stuff, stuff all happened today. Now you might say, but then after eleven fifty nine fifty nine seconds, you took that time. Now it is midnight, so you technically can't say it anymore. And I would say, shut up. <laughs> it. uh, it's just television. Don't take it. Don't take it too seriously. <laughs> but please watch it at midnight. On at eleven thirty right now, following the Daily Show, and uh, you know, and honestly, tweet me or put on put on Reddit or whatever. Just suggestions to improve the show that do not include getting a new host. Just suggestions. <laughs> You know, different ways that you would like to... Because I think the show's really evolved. You know, it really did start as this kind of fun insipid game show about the internet with a lot of cat videos and And now you've
0: won two Emmys.
1: now we've won two emmys we just won another Ah. emmy and so and so i kind of feel like we actually are the show is talking about relevant cultural things now and we have been talking about the election and i think you know i think we're actually a nice companion to the daily show we're presenting a lot of the material but in a different way with you know with a lot of with a high joe corinna ratio and and i just i love the crew here and i I hope we get to do the show forever here's notice podcast number 826 with mr john stamos did ear a roll thing now entering nerdist.com comic-con which was already fucking two months ago oh my god that's just weird time just is not
0: that's uh i know you blink we'll
1: save it for. we'll say well i think we're already recording now we're already recording so we're all good yeah i ran into you at comic-con which was really fun have you been to comic-con a bunch no i was my i was a virgin are you serious yeah yeah
0: well i'm not a you know i i'm a huge fan of you Oh doing yeah. so well I'm so happy for thank you. thank you I'm not much of a nerd I'm a Disney nerd yes, but I've never been no I had never been and um i was I really loved it I was very surprised everybody said, oh my god it's crazy you're not gonna be able to you know walk around and people, it was it was just a bunch of really cool fans like you yeah. know like and I hate, sometimes fans sounds like you're you know uh, presumptuous or something like sure. you're putting them below yours or something but they were just like a bunch of cool people that, yeah.
1: you know, were nice. It was really nice. Yeah, the Comic-Con's got such a good vibe to it. It, it's, it's, it can get very crowded, Yeah, but uh, once you figure out how to navigate it, it's actually pretty Best pretty Best part funny. was running into you. Yeah, yeah. that was fun. I ran into you at uh, the old uh, Zach Levi That's right. uh, shindig.
0: Zach was nowhere to be found, but you were there.
1: Holding <laughs> port, you <know. laughs> I was there. I came in. You know, I come in at a... There's a window that I come in because you know i don't drink so at a certain time of the night i feel like there's a drop off where all the conversations become not real anymore cuz right. people get so fucked up right so i just i kind of come in where people are still not super drunk yet and then and i escaped out of there yeah, I slipped
0: out, i was with you i'm, I'm on the non drinking tour as yeah. well so i was get in and out
1: but i also have to apologize to you because you showed up last week, and there was a schedule mix-up that was on our end, and I apologize. You came to ready to podcast. That's right. I w- it was our first day back from mm-hmm. hiatus and my honeymoon, and I was literally in a meeting with every head of Comedy Central, and I didn't. Our, you our were too were
0: sore to, to walk.
1: <laughs> was, yeah, you just yeah. I got there uh, a lot of pegging. Uh, pegging. Over. <laughs> That's why I was too sore. <laughs> I just I- learned
0: without meant recently. <laughs>
1: uh, how did you find that out?
0: I, I don't know. Oh, okay. But, but yeah, what, what, does your audience know what that is? Some of them what do. What do you talk about on here? I, I it, doesn't to you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, we talk about everything. Oh, I know. Okay, good. Yeah. Like, I heard, uh, was it Rob Reiner? Rob Reiner was heard, on, that yeah. That was really good. We were, li- we were driving there. I was with my girlfriend, and we were like, oh, let's listen to Chris, because I'm going on the show. And so the Rob Reiner was really sweet. Um, and then I go, what, else? what I don't really know much about the podcast world. This is my first...
1: Real good one. You know really Hey nice Well you know It's really just A loose conversation And the reason that I think they work Is because People like you Do a lot of press And mostly it's in Junket form Or you're on a couch For seven minutes And it's like I think what's nice About these Is that it's interesting Just to hear how people Are in conversation Like for an hour People will really Get a sense of who you are I don't know if Most people know What a Disney person You are And that is an area Where we have a lot To talk about Because I just joined Club Thirty Three a couple oh, months ago. Big shot, and I bought a uh, I bought a uh, Disney map, nineteen fifty eight C Disney map mm-hmm. that this guy had. I don't know why he sold it, but when he was a kid, he and his mom were at Disneyland. He had a map, he saw Walt walking down Main Street, no. ran up. Walt signed the map in ballpoint pen and he had immediately had it framed. Wow. So it's this gorgeous condition map signed by hand signed by Walt. What is is Walt spelled W A L T? Uh as opposed you, how much do you buy it for? How
0: do you know it's a real signature?
1: Well I got a guy though,
0: by the way, who does who specializes in his signature. But what if what if he's like it's not real and we like, No, how uh, it's much almost more important to know. Was it it, did you spend a lot on it?
1: It was... I mean, it was more than... Yeah, it was... Yeah, yeah I spent... It was a, not an exorbitant, exorbitant amount of money, right, but right. En- enough. But what do you you have?
0: Well, when I was a kid, I I, I mean, I grew up right near Disneyland in, in, in Anaheim. I grew up in Orange County. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, that was like my backyard. I, I just... I lived there and I loved it. And I don't, I don't know why... I don't... I wasn't escaping from any sort of a crappy childhood. I had a beautiful, you know, family and stuff, but I just loved going there. And my friend who I grew up with, was collected military stuff. So I said, I want to collect something like you, you know. And I said, well, what do you like? I said, Disney stuff, you know. So when I started to get some dough, I said, well, I'm going to do that. The first thing, Disney, you know, it was maybe been about 15 years now. Disney uh, started an auction on eBay pretty pretty close to when eBay started. Mm-hmm. And the first thing they were auctioning off was the sign, the this, this oh. big sign that was on Harbor Boulevard that says Disneyland. Oh, my God. And so I thought – Oh well this is gonna go for a million bucks, I might as well go ahead and put in so I put in like the opening bid, which was like thirty five thousand bucks. And then I forgot about it. And then whatever the nine days, however it was, (laughs) I looked and I was oh shit, I'm the winner. And I heard like Michael (laughs) Jackson wanted it and this person wanted it, and it was the sign, like you know. And I kept refreshing it. I was walking around my office like, oh shit, what am I gonna do? Each letter is fourteen by nine feet. So I was like, what the hell am I gonna do with this, you know? And I kept refreshing, refreshing, and then I won it. I was like, oh damn. So I have the that sign, you know, and I and I. Where did you put that? Well, I put it like I had it sort of in storage. Where I thought I'm going to put the D up behind. I have a guest house behind the guest house where nobody could see it. But I didn't think of Mulholland Highway that goes all the way along the so from <laughs> Laurel Canyon to Coldwater. If you look to the left, it's a big D for Dickhead. You know, lives there. <laughs> Michael Jackson called me too. What? Yeah. And it was during. Can uh, I have that? No. Yeah, it was well. Are you sure? He's like, hey, yeah. John. I, I can i have that no no uh, one more question can i have that no, no. <laughs> can I have, it was a weird it was a during a time when you know there was some stuff going you know, on oh and he let's just left a message he was with a friend he said hey john i really dig your stuff and you know we should go to disneyland sometime i was like i'm not going to disneyland. You know. <laughs> now i'm like shit i should have gone to disneyland with right Michael jackson what was i thinking um but that started it i think and then over the years i've just you know, I've bugged friends with that had stuff. I got a Dumbo for my fortieth birthday. From, oh, from the Dumbo ride. From the Dumbo ride, and I have some pretty cool stuff. Um, but just recently, like the last year or two, people didn't realize you could buy it, and they had an auction at Eaton's or something, and all the stuff went for so much money. So now everybody's you know knows that they can get it. Yeah. It's worth a lot, I guess, a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, it's it's. I think. Uh when after eBay became popular and people realized like, oh, I'm, you know, as a as a person who lives nowhere near any of this world, I yeah, can just buy I can whatever. Have a the, piece of it, yeah. Now it's really hard to get. I um I have friends. Uh, a friend of mine has one of the um one of the old haunted mansion. Oh, the uh, yeah, right. the, the paintings that scroll, right. And it has the scroll marks down the side. Yeah, you it's the get... woman sitting on the headstone. It's cool. Neil Patrick Harris has a lot of he has a ton of Disney stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: And um, who else has it? I mean, it's it's sort of it's just hard to get. What's I going to say? Do you know any Disney people like any of the Disney? And I'm friends with like Bob Iger and you know and all these guys and I'm always afraid to like ask. I have a I asked one time. This guy um, was uh, the president of the parks and they were they were. Redoing Small World, and I said, "Hey, can I just get like a, a head or something?" I said, what? What? I remember I was at dinner, and he goes, well, "What Small World? You know, character? Do you want?" And then I was, "That like, oh, sounds I creepy." Yeah. yeah, And I said, "What's a good one?" And they said, uh, "The Can Can girl." I said, "The Can Can girl." And then this whole Can Can girl showed up at <gasps> my house.
1: Holy shit! That's amazing. I
0: know it's cool. Where do you put that? Well, it's downstairs because
1: again, it's a little creepy. <laughs> uh,
0: I have a Dumbo in my front yard flying. Flying high, but I
1: feel like once I feel like the Dumbo is sort of the preview of like I don't think anyone would think that was weird. Like if you have no, no, Dumbo no. in the front and then it's super cool. It's a small world. Uh-huh. I think that'd be totally fine. Yeah, I don't have anything big like, like that. Like that. It's tough, you know. Yeah, like I said, like you said, it's tougher to get. Um, but it's cool. I don't know. My 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 wife's grandparents were friends with Disney. And they owned Disneyland, right? They did not own Disneyland, no? but they were friends with him, and I, she said, you know, I'm sure they must have had stuff, and I don't yeah. know where any of it is. So I I feel like the next several years of my life are basically going to be like uh, Indiana Jones of uh, Disney. Yeah, Disney, right. uh, When
0: did you – were you always at Disney? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. I've been – I moved to Los Angeles when I was seven, uh, 16. Mm-hmm. And when I was 17, I got my first annual pass to Disneyland. Wow. And I've had one ever since. And, you know, when I was a kid, my mom's from Florida, so we went to Disney, Disney World and Epcot yeah. Center. And so I've always been a huge – that Sunday night, um, that, that World of Disney thing that would happen on Sunday nights yeah, 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 when, yeah. I, you know, when I was a kid. And they'd show yeah. a Disney movie and some cartoons. I mean that was always, that was so always
0: cool. my favorite. How did you get into Club 33?
1: there was an opening it I guess yeah there was yeah. an opening and we, we um, applied and yeah mm-hmm. yeah and uh and we got it we got in
0: is it because you married into money now that you can I don't know he, uh, for years no club 33 now so he gets married and boom I know. Good, yeah. and I know I know 187
1: I know I feel like uh I feel like it was I mean that was that was a very big thing that was almost that was almost emotional like I'll I bet. was to pass by that door now well, you can take me. I can right? take. I, I absolutely take can take you. Oh, yeah. Can they, take you.
0: they stopped letting that stuff out. Lassiter stopped. It's like because they were auctioning off everything on that on that thing. Not to go back, but um, like I have a uh, uh, one of my coolest things is a devil from the um, the end of Mister Toad's Wild Ride. You, you know, have gets, that? Yeah, there's like a little devil. That's fantastic. You gotta come. One over. of the
1: little guys who are suspended in the. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I
0: Maybe mean, he goes. He gets hit by a train and then you know he's in hell and yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, always it's creepy.
1: It's the wind, wind in the willows. People don't even and, as they've updated Disneyland, I've always feared. Like, well, I hope they don't get rid of Mr. Toads because right. no one really knows Wind in the Willows, and it's also for a Disney ride. It's like he gets drunk and he goes yeah, to, right. to j- j- hell. Yeah, like the lo- ride ends with you going to hell. Right. And so it's just sort of a strange it's kind of autobiographical. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Is that right? Mean- <laughs> it's very. It was. It was well, one Where's... point very odd. But I'm sure Seg told you at least a couple stories. He
0: did. That, but um, But. Did you do you talk about that the drunk stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I talk a lot. Not sober it about myself, you know. Oh, for that oh, congratulations a year and a half nice, or so. Nice job,
1: oh, really nice job,
0: Bob. Yeah, Bob. The other day I said I was coming to see you, Saget, and he was like, uh, you know, he has to own everything. He was like, oh, Chris is my best friend. We're doing, we did. We in a car accident together. Saved his life. You know, he's been sober ever since.
1: Right, a little bit of that. Bob, Bob was. Uh, we were very. I've been. I've been friends with him since the nineties. Wow. I mean, I know you. I know obviously. You guys. uh, You can have him. It's okay. No, no. (laughs) No, you take him. You win. But he really is such a a sweet, beautiful, lovely, beautiful man. Good, loyal friend. And, you know, he's one of those people that I. Feel like ah, I never. Every once in a while, we'll text each other and I'll go, "Let's grab dinner." I'll go, "Great!" And then six months go by. And I
0: threw a big sixtieth birthday party for him. I invited you, and and Bob said recently, when I brought this up, he said he didn't even, he didn't he didn't RSVP. He didn't even RSVP.
1: Yeah, I was I was out of town. I, I didn't get back until the day after. The, I remember the party was on a Saturday night, and not get back until yeah. Sunday. So it was a funny
0: deal because I wanted to throw him a party, and he loves to play music. So I thought I'll have it at my house and we'll jam, you know. And then I thought there were some people like Norman Lear I wanted to invite and Don Rickles and stuff. I said, well, it might be hard to get up my house, there's steps. And so then I had it at, moved it over to Jeff Franklin's house, the creator a Full House. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of got bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, now literally, I hope Bob's not listening. Literally, I'm in for like 60 grand. I'm not kidding. And I'm like, shit, what do I do? Like, God, I can't get out of this. Some Disney shit. I'm not, yeah, right. <laughs> Who wants to buy a sign? Damn, I'll buy it. it. Okay, yeah. you're dead. Right. Michael. So, really, it was like, and it was such an interesting thing because it wasn't his fault, you know. I just, it just got bigger and bigger. And yeah, bam, okay, let's get a, you know, a thing. Let's have a the big PA system. Let's get photographers. Let's get this and that, you know. Catering, yes, but steak, of course, course is Bob Saget. And I just didn't think about it, so I couldn't tell him. Like, what an asshole friend! And I remember I was so pissy that day, and I was like, I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, I oh, God, I can't be, it's not his fault, but you know, I gotta go and make this the best day of his life and not and never tell him how much money I spent on his party, right? And then he took me for my birthday, hand to God, to the
1: smokehouse
0: across the street from Warner Brothers. I swear.
1: Now, just out of curiosity, Go was ahead. it like, it's, so it's like 50 grand at the smokehouse, right? Yeah. yeah. I had wings. In it. How did you meet Bob? Comedy circuit? Uh, no, I met Bob uh, in God, the I hope 90s. He... I, I did a show for MTV called Singled Out.
0: Right. And Sorry. Singled
1: Out, the when the series wrapped in 1998... We had our rap party at this billiard place called Q's, which was in Santa Mon. There was one in West LA and one in Santa Monica, Mm. and we're in Santa Monica. And Bob was there with his nephew Adam. Yeah, right. And uh, and being a huge, being a comedian and a huge comedy nerd. I mean, I knew a lot of Bob's stuff from the 80s. And then all of a sudden, he just walks over and he's like, Hi, I'm Bob. It's my nephew, Adam. His mom's dead. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) this was literally the first thing he said to me. And, uh, you know, we've been friends. We've been friends ever since. What happened when you guys were driving drunk or something? He was... I never drove drunk. Bob had had a few... I'm sure the statute of limitations has run out on this now from 1999. Mm -hmm. Bob, Bob had had a few... You know, we used to... We were drinking buddies. And I think that was sort of... That was our friendship dynamic for a handful of years. Mm. You know, I'd just get a call from Bob at like midnight. Where are you? Mm. Like, I'm at this bar that I'm too old to be at. But, you know, <laughs> at that point I was like 30, you know, 29, 30 years old. I was at a college yeah. bar. So Bob was really too old to be there. But we would all hang out there because, you know, he'd get the Danny Tanner card. And people yeah. would be like, you know, like all the young people, like, oh, he's Danny there. You know, they loved him. So, yeah, you know, I don't know. We were just, you know, we he lived in the palisades or wherever yeah, right. it was he was living and he we were driving up sunset like right by the 405 where it's very he windy. was driving he was driving and the car flipped he, no the car didn't flip we weren't even an accident that's what, what just, he said because you flipped over eight times and no the car just he kind of fell a dozed off a little bit and the car jerked, jerked yeah. and we were like whoa and of course when you've been drinking you think that's hilarious and then in <laughs> retrospect you're like i'm how did i not die what right. a terrible idea did you just say that's it? I'm not drinking after that. It was no. Well, that was sort of the beginning. I mean, it took a few years before I actually quit. But that was, you know, you, when you when you start having a few of those moments and they yeah. just you start logging them and you're like, you know, I don't know, yeah. Why am I doing yeah and yeah. then, uh, but a lot of it was my career was dead. I wasn't doing anything. I just I was, you know, just bloated and yeah. drunk and gross all the time.
0: It's crazy how things can turn around so fast,
1: right? It <laughs> Really. Well, and the older you get, the le- it just doesn't do anything good no, for you. No, no, no.
0: Yeah. I know. It feels good to
1: And you still look twenty nine. And today. you're just like, I don't know, is it is it is it the Greek genes? Yeah. What is it? I drink Lori Lachlan's blood. <laughs> <it>.
0: Blood <laughs> of Lori Loughlin. Do you you said comedy earlier. You know, like being around Bob and Dave was a great thing for me because and it was a good combination because I was, you know, came from an acting standpoint and I would say, Well, how do we make this scene better? And what's it you know? And they came from a comedy standpoint. But I was a comedy nerd too and I got to meet so many great people through through Bob and you know Gary Shandling and yeah. um, uh, a lot of their comic friends you know I'd go to the store with them and uh, well, you just said Norman Bob Lear and was, uh, Don Rickles Don yeah well I Bob had the relationship with Norman Lear I I had the relationship with Don Rickles for for you know maybe 20 years now he's oh been sort God. of like a mentor you know father kind of figure in my life
1: He's so I've only met him once but he was the sweetest Yeah yes the
0: sweetest guy just a Brilliant guy, but but just a genius. Like you go back and listen to his stuff and his timing, and, and I love it because all not as much now. He's he's you know ninety ninety one and he's slowing down a little bit. But a lot of times, I would I got a record of his called Hello Dummy, and he hadn't heard it. And he said, "What do you want for your birthday, kid?" I said, "I'm going to bring Hello Dummy over. I want to play it. I want to stop and ask you about." The jokes. Oh, that's genius. It was, it sounds genius on paper, but he was like, ah, I don't know how I did that. I'm doing Rickles I'm doing wrinkles." But it was but we got to sit and listen to it together. Uh, I'm just fa- I'm not I could never do stand up comedy but I'm fascinated by comedy and rhythms and uh, you know construction of jokes and what you guys do is 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 really interesting
1: to well, me. Well Bob's rhythm, you know, like Bob I discovered Bob in the 80s on the Dangerfield special uh, and his rhythm of joke telling which is just this ceaseless you know I have no friends I have no, no life and right. you know, I'm not your mom you know uh, right, right. uh he I mean we always I I loved I loved his his because he never would slow down, and right. it's like the audience would always have to, you'd kind of have to grab on with, yeah. with him. Oh, well, you'd lose it, yeah. And uh, we well, you study,
0: you watch these guys too, like a Bob or, or all, you know all these guys. It seems like they sort of have a roller decks in their heads, and they can get to it really fast if they need to, especially if it's ad libbing like Bob does or Rickles
1: or whatever. Yeah, I think I think, I think with stand up, you know, with acting as an actor. The funny thing about acting is it's the thing that you probably it's a job that you actually probably actually do very little of mm-hmm. when you're doing it when you're on a movie or a television show or something you do it in a in a chunk of time or just for a couple hours at a time but with stand up you know you can go out and do it se- you know several hours a week where you're just on Chris, stage Chris I work 14 hours a day what are you talking about <laughs> (laughs) Are you acting that entire time? Oh, I see what you're saying. I mean, like, you go to work. Well, theater, you know, you do. I've done a lot of theater, so you... Theater's great. That's a perfect analogy, actually. Right. So with theater, you probably get better or more attuned to it really quickly because you're just doing it... You're on stage so much, and Mm -hmm. you're you're doing it, you know, you're doing eight shows a week or whatever, Mm -hmm. and so that... As opposed to television or film acting, which is what I meant before, but yeah, you just you evolve very quickly because you have and you have a direct relationship to the audience, right. whereas when you're on film, it's like you do stuff and then right. it's it's kind of in someone else's hands, yes yeah you know yeah, yeah. that's the beauty of
0: theater because you go like well this is. What I want these people to see right here, right now, that's what they're going to see. Nobody's going to mess with my performance or take special takes or cut it out. So, And you get you get feedback. I and mean, you get feedback, yeah. yeah but so then kinda...
1: the pitfall of that is you're doing the same show every day for <laughs> six, seven, eight months. I know. But that's what's great about stand-up is that you don't have to stick to anything. You can yeah. tell the jokes that you told or you can riff or you, you, can, you can't – once you're in a – and I think that's why I never thought theater was something I wanted to do. It's like, but mm. then you're just trapped. Sort of. I mean, you could – I did cabaret for about eight months and that
0: was – that was incredible because the MC, and I remember getting the script at first, it was like MC Ed lives this, MC Ed I said shit. And you really, play, the character really played with the audience, so you could change that up. And, you know, your approach is different each night with, with um, different shows, but yeah. You know. But you played with the Beach Boys, which is, how does that, how do you, how does that come about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was a, fa- a super fan, you know, of them. I, I remember, I think, hearing them, I had an 8-track of, of Endless Summer and um, I just became a, you know, I loved him. And I I knew the guitar player, and there was this guy named Jeffrey Foskett. And um, I became friends with him. And then I was on General Hospital at the time, I think, and I would go to shows. And they had sort of a loose uh, show. I mean, it was, especially during the 80s, there was a lot of different musicians. And there were different camps. The Wilson camp sort of had four, five, or ten, eight players. And the like Love camp had, a, you know, there was 14, <laughs> 17 people on stage, <laughs> you know. And I remember Mike Love, or one of them, they said, you know, you want to play Bob Rand at the end of uh, this encore or whatever. It was great, yeah. And then they were going on to play at the, it, um, at the Washington Monument in D.C. on the 4th of July. And Jimmy Page was on guitar. Jesus. said, you want to come out and play, you know, the encore four or five songs? <laughs> like, yeah. It was a million. The first show, one, the first in the afternoon, it was in Philadelphia at the steps there of the... Um, and I think it was a million people or something. Jesus Christ And then that afternoon was at um, at, the, at the monument And my, my friend was the guitar player, Jeff And he got, you know, um, he had to go They asked him to go teach Jimmy Page what keys to to <laughs> So he goes, you want to go? I'm like, yeah So we go, and he's in this big hotel suite And there were these anvil cases all around And I thought maybe they were guitars or They were like devil shit, it was devil shit Like, you know, whips and you know, bondage stuff. Fantastic. Isn't that great? That is and,
1: fantastic. Uh, <laughs> That's exactly what <laughs> right? I want to hear. Jesus. That's exactly like, what I
0: want to hear. And I remember him offering me like a Jack Daniels. Like, Oh no, can I have a like, beer? You know, whatever. and, um, uh, <laughs> And he had this girl with him that that sort of, and we were on the road for a couple, three days, whatever. And and he had a girl who had like a different bruise and a different sort of cigarette burn. Each oh, from day. all the S and M stuff. I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, it's funny because I think rock, I think rock I think musicians now, it's like, oh, I just bring my Xbox everywhere. It's like yeah, you know, yeah, I think yeah, it's changed quite a bit from the, 70s, yeah. from the seventies, from the seventies and the eighties. But then I got
0: somehow my friend got went off with his roadie, and I, literally I swear, to you, Chris, I'm sitting next to Jimmy Page. And he goes, okay, what key is uh, Bob Rannon? I said, uh, F sharp. I can't fucking solo in F. He's screaming at me, you know. I said, I didn't, man, I didn't pick the key. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what about fun, fun, fun? E flat. I can't fucking solo in E flat. Please don't hit me with anything. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's this is the greatest I, concert of my life. That's how it started. And then I just kind of uh, hung around them for years and then. I had them on my TV shows. I had a show before Full House called uh, You Again with Jack Klugman. Again, like oh, these right. old, great you know comics and, and actors I love hanging out with. Um, and uh, I had them on there. Um, and then Full House, they came on. And then I recorded with them. And- God, General Hospital, it's like
1: the idea. Um, I mean, reality shows kind of killed soap operas to I a know, degree. But that... I mean, you were on in the sweet spot. It was a sweet spot, like yeah. Like early 80s mm-hmm. soap operas. I mean, my mom watched oh, – I mean, I remember yeah. – yeah. I knew what the storylines were. <laughs> like if I stayed home from school, you know, right? it's fucking – it was crazy. I'm doing, I just
0: sold a show because I've, I've, I've been thinking a lot about that time and that period. And, and um, I'm doing a show about sort of my – I grew up in Orange County, like I said earlier. And it was very, you know, straight Republican, you know, uh, – and I got on TV and I, were, I was working at my father's restaurant. And I got on General Hospital and I would work on the show during the week and then work at my dad's restaurant <laughs> on the week. He wouldn't let me quit. He was like, <laughs> You're not going, you know. <laughs> and so just to keep me humble, he didn't think it was going to, you know, this acting thing was going to last. And so. But I love the idea of, you know, I'm sort of making this show about my point of view into that world. I mean, I auditioned on a Monday, and I shot it on a Wednesday, and it aired a week later. And like you said, it was during a time when, you know, they were on cover of Time Magazine, and Luke and Laura were getting married, and Sammy Davis Jr. was on the show, and Elizabeth Taylor, and it was a big deal, you know. And I was thrust into sex and drugs and weird fame. I mean, it's a weird fame. You know, we were super famous, but... You know, we were still kept down because we were, you know, soap opera guys. Right. Um, and it was a really interesting time
1: I mean, in my life. I mean, to get <laughs> – <laughs> to say like thrust into sex and drugs, I mean it was just like all of a sudden – It really was. They were just throwing it at you?
0: Yeah. I mean I was – you know, I was not super popular in junior high school. High school a little maybe towards the end. Uh, I grew into something and I was like, oh, girls are, you know, you know, but that hit, it hit hard, you know, and it was, I was on the cover of all these teen magazines and that's, that was another whole weird world, these teen, you know, teen magazines. There was a, there was an editor of, um, I can't remember, it was Tiger Beat or one of those and she was friends with my mother, her name was Doreen Leoy and, she sort of helped, you know, get me on these magazine covers and kept me going. And again, was very good friends with my mother. And then later, years, years, years later, ended up marrying uh, Richard Ramirez, the Hillside Strangler. Oh, stranger. my God. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> it's super fucked up. Weird, yeah. But that whole world was weird, the Teen Idol thing. And then, yeah, I mean, there were girls around, you know, Demi Moore was on the show at the time, and um, Janine Turner, and there was, a, there, was, there was a lot of, there was some drugs, you know, at that time, I guess. I um, I, I was shielded from it for the most part the the drugs but there was all of a sudden there were women kin schreiner who who's still on there played scotty he was like a sort of an older brother am i rambling too much no no no
1: this is you're getting this is good
0: stuff he was sort of an older brother i haven't really talked about that he was an older brother and he would we would go to um we would go to chippendales for girls now so what would happen is it would be from like eight to eleven would be the show and then from eleven to two it was a club so he had the the deal, so we'd go in through the back, right at like a you know ten fifty five and eleven when the show ends, we scoot right. We were the only two guys in a <laughs> room full of women slipping off their seats <laughs> because they've, at, just this, they've just seen uh, this. They just seen the show. Yeah, the dancers show. are
1: gone. You know, right? No, it was pretty. It was it was all that. I mean, was it? Time. Was any of it? uh was it fun, or did at a certain point, was it like, oh, I don't know, this kind of feels weird, or it feels empty, or it feels... Or was it just like, oh, we're oh, young, was, and it's fun? I was 18 years old. Oh, okay, then never mind. My yet. whole okay, life, yeah, I course. wanted to be on yeah. TV,
0: and yeah. be famous, and get, get girls. Oh, no, it was the greatest. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, I loved it. I mean, it was so bad. The, the, the only... I would sleep in my dressing room. We'd, you know, we'd hang out all night, and the only thing that was... Um, I wanted to do... I wanted to... Um, on a sitcom I loved sitcom. I grew up watching Happy Days and you know all the Gary Marshall shows and that type of that's what I wanted to do I didn't want to be on a, on a dramatic soap opera so when my con, I was only supposed to be on for like five episodes and then they were going to kill my character and then a lot of mail came in or whatever so, so I stayed around but they had me for nothing like $400 an episode or something mm-hmm. So when my contract was up, I was I was like I'm gonna leave. And Gloria Monti, who was like this incredible producer at the time, she said you 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 can't go. I said I gotta. I want to do comedy. I said, You'll never work in this town again. You know? mm. But I I ended up getting out. And and the first well I did one show um, uh, on CBS, but then the, the the Jack Klugman show was after that.
1: I mean it is tricky. It's 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 a that obviously television' changed now since since then you know sitcoms really ruled in the in the at least up through the eighties and yes, into yeah. the nineties but but it was still you know not an easy thing to get you know uh-huh. a sitcom to get a show that gets picked up and then continues to go is a very difficult thing. Tell me about it <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to...
0: well I had this maybe you had this too it was just like. I didn't put up any boundaries. I didn't know my my parents did that too. You want to be an actor? You want to get on TV? Go do it. I didn't really think. Now you think too much about stuff, right? But sure. I just was innocent. and was like, oh, of course I'm good. This is this is what I'm going to do, and I did it.
1: I, yeah, I don't know how. Well, I, I think mean, you know if you if you don't create a lot of the boundaries because it is really it's really easy to be like, well, I'm not good enough, or why right, would I get this? Right, or yeah. I'm never that's never going to give this to me. I didn't really yeah, still yeah. do that. I mean, it's it's. It, and it's a business that really, if you have even some of that stuff, you really have to weather because just the business just beats those oh, down yeah, yeah, so yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah. It just like it just it just peels back the onion layers and then it just starts <laughs> it punching you, in, you yeah. uh, in the soul. As you get
0: older, maybe you are just, just like uh, you know, fuck it. I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, I don't get that. All right, fine. I'll get something else.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it's when you've when you've had success and failed and had success and fallen down and had success yeah. and fallen down at a certain point you're like oh I guess not everything means everything you, know, it's right. like you can yeah you know you, go, you just exactly. kind of go through periods and
0: you know as soon as you have that attitude shit starts coming like crazy you know I wish I had it you know at certain times in my life you know where, where I'm at now obviously you know what I mean like yeah. you just don't stress over it. and people can see it they go oh he's not fighting too hard for this it's not yeah let's give it to him
1: yeah because when you there's something we, there's something I think that turns people off when they feel like you need them or right, you need yeah, it yeah, and they yeah. feel like well what's wrong with this person that <laughs> they're so desperate why did they right. let's give it to this guy who clearly doesn't need it yeah he's yeah. got all the answers yeah. i mean that's it can I, can I feel like that's what happens i went out,
0: I, I i went up the ranks with jason uh bateman and I took him to launch one day so what this was like a few years ago when i was struggling trying to figure out what, what my next move was i said what's the secret man he goes i just stopped giving a shit like i just went in <sighs> cool i said how do you do that he goes Lexapro. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all
0: right. But he said, as soon as I caring, like, you know, stop caring, like it all kind of start happening.
1: Well, all the caring stuff is just all ego stuff, you know. Yes. It's ego and it's fear and it's. And I think there's something to the idea of feeling like. I think what helps you not care is feeling like no matter what, I'm gonna be okay. Right. right if I don't right. get this thing, I'm gonna be fine. Right. You know, think about how many. You know there must have been jobs that you almost got that you didn't get, and you felt like, well, that's it. I can't fucking, I can't. And then years go by, and you go, it's actually kind of good I didn't get that thing. For it sure. would not have worked out well.
0: And I think that with women as well. <laughs> I was telling some one of these kids now all of a sudden I'm like the old guy on the set. By the way, what just happens like in the blink of an eye? You're sure. like the old. You know, I'm on scream queens now, and they're all a bunch of young kids. And I was giving someone advice. They were, you know, whining about their boyfriend or something. I said, you're not going to be with this guy. <laughs> I mean, if I was with, you know, whoever... When you uh, were 19, 20, 21. Yeah, it's like, you know, forget,
1: I would kill myself if I was still with that girl. <laughs> you're not going to be with that person. Don't worry about it.
0: Right? I mean, you know...
1: Yeah, and you, you've been... Th- and you you know, you, you're, you get phases throughout your life. And yeah. you know, you've been single and you've been married and you've been single. And like, do... Does any part of it... Do you have a preference to any part? Or is it, does everything sort of like have good and bad points? With the, In a relationship? Yeah, being in a relationship, not a relationship, married, not married. No. Well, you, you know, I mean, my feeling
0: is like it's, it's like having the one like, you know, I'm in a really good relationship now as, as you are. Uh, you know, having that one person that's your best friend and your soulmate and there for you is better than, you know, fucking a bunch of girls and hanging out and doing whatever you want. But it's not that much better. <laughs> but it's better,
1: <laughs> right? I think I personally think it's way better, and I'm not just saying that way? I just got married. Okay, yeah, I'll tell you why because the time. Yeah, Oh, I love you so much. But mm-hmm. the times, I, I'm just sort of, um, I'm kind of a serial monogamist, right. and I'm not a good dater, mm-hmm. and I just love getting, I love being at that point with someone where you're like, oh, let's just get in our pajamas and watch movies. Yeah, no, no, like that. I feel like it's so much work to try to navigate this person sent a text. What does that mean? Well, what is it? Like, I overanalyze right. everything. It's just so much energy. 100%. I and agree. I feel like most people are wrong for you. Like, most people in the world are just wrong for you. Right. And it's not going to work out. And so it just, the exercise of futility gets It's exhausting. Mind. It is exhausting.
0: No, you're right. It is way better. And, I, and, and you know, you f- you forget about it until you're in it. And it's been a while since I've been in a great, great relationship. So you're right. It is way better. <laughs> I was saying, we, we were listening to your podcast. It was really sweet. And I go... Let's wait. There's a long time. So what? What else is on these podcasts? Do they have any like sort of sexy? You know, like. And so she's flipping through, and she finds one on this deal, and it was sort of like a sex, like just telling stories, like a a, an erotic, you know, story thing. Yeah. And we're driving down the four hundred five, and and they, you know, it was about two doms, which I didn't know what the like a dom two dominants. Yeah. And it was a girl and like these two guys, and it was sort of getting really sexy and she's getting ready and her boyfriend's there and then the guy comes in, knock, knock, oh, there's, you know, Jim is here and, you know, and I looked at Jim and we're we're both really started getting a little turned on and then, and then she says, "And then Jim, you know, he still looked good for sixty. <laughs> it was a little. But my hand to God, I swear to God, it's a little pudgy. And but then I look at myself in the mirror, and I've got short gray hair. I'm like, turn this shit off. Go back to go back to
1: Hardwick. You're we'll listen to him gr- and listen okay. to
0: Granny porn. Yes, I mean, I couldn't. <laughs> my hand to God.
1: So that was my podcast. So we had a conversation about knitting while he tried to get hard, and uh... he was pudgy at sixty. <laughs> oh, Damn it! <laughs> yeah, well, it's there's a podcast for everything. I, I mean, guess. we're in this kind of golden age of podcasts because it, you know, there wasn't for so long. Media was dictated by giant companies because yeah, the yeah. cost of technology was just it, it for it. It was forbidding to be, like you just couldn't do it, yeah. and get it out to anyone, you know. But well, now, no, no the distribution this is a great,
0: is cheap d- thing and. and and you, you know, like you said, you could sit and you can kind of get the feel of somebody. You know, you, the only place I did it was Howard Stern. Yeah. Which you know he's the, the greatest. I don't know if you listen to him. Or
1: yeah, he. I mean, he is essentially. He's kind of the. Even though he's not a podcast, he's a show. Right. He's kind of the godfather of this style of conversation. The last five
0: years, I think he's really clicked into it. But you can get, you know, he's a genius, and you can get trapped, you know, even just by yourself which has always been a little scary with these things, right? I mean, I don't know if it – has it happened to you? Because people listen to this and they go, Oh, Stamos said he spent 60 grand on – you know, Not that one, but like, you know. Yeah, I mean, but we – Because you feel so comfortable.
1: You feel comfortable, but I always – Like, I don't – My goal with these is never to put anyone in a position where they feel weird or if someone ever said something that they were like, you know, Oh, can you actually take that out? Because I – it's not my nature to go. You said it. you like right, I don't right, want right. people to make news that way by embarrassing right. themselves if they feel like if they feel uncomfortable at something. I'll just take right. it
0: out. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think Howard tries that either. But he just likes to, you know, obviously just dig. I remember I said something. Oh, I can't remember about somebody I was dating, and I asked him to pull it out. I think he did on one of the one of the.
1: Well, he just yeah. he, he'll just uh, he just goes button, right like. for the. So you bang a lot of chicks back then? <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah. what was that like? Uh, Is she really good in bed? Yeah, you know, like it's just like yeah. he just goes right for the. Yeah, I might dance around things. And if you feel like talking about them, they'll come out. But I I don't, I don't ever want because I just feel like people are happy when they're comfortable and being conversational. And I don't I don't ever want people to feel put on the spot ever. Because we're not trying to I'm not trying to break news. Yeah. I just want I just, I just to talk to people. He's a nice guy, I'm Chris. okay. I'm happy for you. You've been no, married, what, how long?
0: Two weeks? Three though? weeks. And they said
1: it wouldn't last. Yeah, three weeks. Good thing. Still, how long well, we're in you- counseling now. How, how long did you date? <laughs> we dated a year when we got engaged. Uh-huh. And then and, how
0: long before you got married?
1: Uh, it was a year. It was We got engaged after oh. the Creative Arts Emmys last year. Uh-huh. And then um, we got married just a couple weeks before this year. Yeah, because I knew... It was really easy. But how long did you date before you got engaged? A year. So two years, the whole thing. Two years have been the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great. So kids? You got, you know, she kids. wants kids, and and yeah, and, and it's actually the first time where I don't know if this will make sense, but if you're like you're with someone and they say, "Oh, I want to have kids" or "I want to get married," and something about your body just goes. Don't do that. Like it's mm-hmm. just like something something that you can't put your finger on tells you that it's not the right thing to do. Right. I never had any of those red flags with her. I was Great. like, yeah, let's get, let's yeah, see. sure, let's yeah. Have, let's have kids. I mean, they're loud and they shit on things and they'll yeah. destroy all of our stuff. But let's have let's have kids. Hey, hey. So, Good yeah. for you. Yeah. how old is she? She's thirty-two, almost yeah. thirty-two. Great. I think. Yeah. Perfect. So we're we're like right in the sweet spot, and I'm forty more. It's all right. I know no, it's fine. I'm fifty three. But man. you look fucking great. Fuck it. It's not all about looks. No, but it's nice that you look great. Uh, but you know what? It's not even just that you it's not even just that you're handsome. I mean you look good because it's obvious that you take care of yourself. And I think that is the you know, like looking good is sort of the byproduct of just making healthy choices. Like mm-hmm. I just think people should just make healthy choices. Yeah, I think
0: so yeah. I mean, I try to stay keep stress out of my life. I guess maybe. How know? do you do that? Well, I mean, you tackle each thing specifically, right? I mean, um,
1: I mean, what like what's stressing you out today? Besides, uh, it's always minutia. It's always dumb. Like right. I don't ever when. Th- Whenever things are really, really – when things really blow up, I'm actually pretty good in those instances. It's just mm-hmm. like the minutia of things. But
0: shit always works out, doesn't it? Like, like we said, it's, it always sort of finds its way and you stress so hard about shit. But a lot of people stress so hard about things that never happen. Yeah. That's what I try not to do.
1: Well, that becomes, I think, um, almost uh, kind of like um, – you know, it's – what's the word I'm looking for. It's kind of uh, superstitious. Right. To, you know, where it's like, oh, if I stress about this thing, it won't happen. I think right. people do that. Right, right, right. right. But it, I think, you know, we just – some of us are just toilers where we just kind of need to <laughs> – and I think that's part of the – I think it probably all goes back to the same obsessive drinking stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right. I really do How don't. long have you been sobe oh uh, 13 years pretty great huh? yeah it's yeah. great and what what was there anything that made you decide that i don't want to do this anymore or just a general it like was yeah time. Yeah,
0: yeah. t- i got a dui too which was really um awful embarrassing and heartbreaking and you know i mean i knew it was time before that but it, you know when it got to that i was like oh my god what a fucking idiot i am like i could have killed somebody or you yeah know, it was not um it wasn't good
1: I mean, it, it. In some cases, those can be the best thing. That can be the best thing to happen if no one gets hurt, because yeah,
0: it's, it's a wake it, up call. It was. Yeah, I lost my mom, and I just had a. You know, I was going through. You know, extremely rough time, and it was just time. You know, it was time. And, and you look back and go, God, what? You know, I had such a beautiful childhood. Like I said, with my parents, and you know, what would what you know what would they think of me like right now? Like I, I can't do that. I got to get back to. I had to I had to reset myself to yep. who I was and who I was brought up to be and discipline and you know honesty and a good person and, and, and I was like, Oh well, I know how to do it I had to stop
1: fucking around. It's just it's hard because especially if you start, you know, you get thrust into this world, you mm-hmm. know, when you're eighteen years old. And it's fun. Yeah, it's
0: you could handle it
1: then. And right? then at a certain point, it shifts and mm-hmm. it doesn't just become fun. It's sort of like, now I need to do this, but you don't really know exactly when that happens. Right, 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 right. But because, you know, the constant, the per- like pursuing that stuff kind of stunts you emotionally. So you're not ever actually dealing with anything. Right, right. But then right, at a certain right, point right. you're like, well now I can't deal with anything and now and I need, need this. And more. Yeah. yeah that's and then right. that's where you hopefully can get lucky enough to get help. And it's
0: yeah, I had good help. Um, it, yeah, it's, it was all part of, like, not wanting to grow up either. I mean, mm-hmm. talk about Disneyland and Peter Pan syndrome and all that. I mean, <laughs> you know, it just meant... And I didn't, you know, for the longest time still, like, I didn't have those tent poles of, you know, uh, kids and, you know, a real job or whatever. And, you know, it was all it was all kind of easy going. And, and, and it feels good to be grown up now.
1: I know exactly what you, what you mean. You know what I mean?
0: Did you <laughs> I, fight it? Did you, did you, did you fight it? Of course I fought it. it and, but you know, now
1: I sort of appreciate... I kind of appreciate that I had to learn. Uh It's kind of nice that I didn't just know. It's kind of fun that you kind of earn it, you know? Right. It's like, well, this wisdom comes from experience, not just you know i didn't i don't take it for granted like i didn't just know i had to really learn it learn it yeah. yeah and but then but you
0: can't really take advantage of it if you're not you know sort of on top of it right of everything you've learned and everything you i right. mean sometimes i'll go like Jesus, how do i how do i, how do I know that or how do I, how can i get well i've been doing this for 35 years and, <laughs> but i wasn't clear enough to 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 do it but i was just afraid of being like i guess being grown up seemed like old and fuddy-duddy and not fun and whatever
1: well that was a byproduct of our parents generation right. and and that was, I think, that was, you know, you know, our parents grew up in a in a, in a post war era where it was this pursuit of an American dream, and it's like you just get a job mm-hmm. and you work, you know, then at a certain point you retire and you get a watch, and you, yeah, and you're, I was really lucky. My dad pursued what he wanted. Most people, I think, didn't, and so they just got old quicker because yeah, right. they just wanted to retire at fifty or fifty five and right. then not have to do anything anymore, and yeah. they. Got in their pajamas and by four o'clock and watch mm-hmm. Jeopardy. Yeah. So to us, our parents' generation, fifty-five, sixty, was actually kind of like, well, that's it. Yeah. And in our generation, it's like, no, there's a, it can actually start
0: then. Totally. And it's a, it's a it's just a more full, rich life day or whatever you whatever moment you're in, you can sort of dig into it and appreciate it more. You know, in this state, I think. Yeah. Yeah yeah it's been good it's it it's uh yeah and it's just nice knowing you you get through like it's again getting back to an adult i mean you just it's okay to play in this because it's 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 actually a cool you know it's actually a cool place to be yeah do you think like you know i do settled and 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 secure in yourself and little shit doesn't bother you and taking it's, responsibility it's okay. for things y- yeah right which and, is and then nice and taking responsibility for yourself like you can you know sort of being clear like this you end up during the day, and you go. Well, wow, I did. I was fine today. Like I was, I was, I was myself, and I gave a hundred percent in every moment. You know, I was sort of present, and each micro transaction during the day, I was, you know, I was my, I was who I am, and I was a good person through that. Right. I don't know. Are people turning the radio off now? Or, no, or, not you know, at
1: all. They're supposed st- to talk about no, no, you know, no, this is nerd stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this is nerd stuff. We're sort of we're sort of nerding out about uh, the human brain. Right. But I but I think when you're younger, um, y- y- this, this idea of like fighting. Fighting time or fighting mm-hmm. age or fighting, you know. When you think back, I mean, would you want to be twenty five forever? Like, it's not the best. No. It was not the most secure time in my life, right? And and I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think I would want to go
0: back. No, I, I mean, I guess it was good for us when you're that age, being like, like you said, like being at a bar at thirty, forty, whatever you were. Like, it's just become. It's not cute. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not. There's nothing. Yeah, it, you know, it took me longer than most to to uh, to 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 grow up, but you know, I'm I'm I like it.
1: I think. When you think about kind of every, all the experiences and all the sh- jobs and all the shows and everything, like what do you what do you think of when you think back? Do you think about the work or do you think about your social life or do you think about partying or do you think about your friends? Like when you kind of think back on it, what do you reflect the most on? I think all of it.
0: I mean, I had you know. During those times, I had a lot of good times, you know, partying or whatever, like you said. But um, I do I do kind of uh, monitor my life through work, shows. Like I was on this show during this time. I was on that show. You know, Full House took a lot of those years, and I guess. Um, but it is... Um, you do sort of wake up and go like, oh, else? I'm, getting, I'm getting, I'm getting on here now, right? <laughs> I don't know. I just feel it lately because I'm on this show, screen screens with these kids. So I'm
1: like, Jesus, and I'm telling them like, have a good time, man. Have a, enjoy, enjoy your it. life you there. You and you know. know what? They won't listen. No. So it's you know like that's just part of the that's yeah. just part of the deal. And honestly, a lot of them, as cool as they might try to play, they're probably shitting their pants most of the time they're, and freaking out right, and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a it's a very chaotic it's a very yeah. chaotic
0: time. I spent a lot of time like f- glomming on to mentors and and to people, you know, like I said Jack Klugman's and Gary Marshall was a, you know, was one of those guys for me and so like all of a sudden you start finding yourself being, you know, in that position and I guess that's you know it's about paying it forward or whatever. Who did what, who who was kind of, was Gary Marshall kind of your biggest mentor? Well, Jack was first, I think, um, and then uh, um then Gary – you know, Gary – Jack was so great because I was doing this at Common. Um, punch-up night was whatever, Wednesday nights, and he would make me sit in the room to learn about joke writing construction, and construction and, you know, uh, of uh, – Structure, I'm sorry, of, of these sitcoms, and and these big writers, Gary Marshall and Jerry Belson and Harvey Miller and all these really great old guys would come in and I'd sit in the corner, and I'd say something, like, "Shut up, kid," But I sort of <laughs> g- connected with Gary, and then when Full House came around, Bob Boyette and Tom Miller, who Gary worked with on all those shows, uh, Bob suggested, uh, uh, Gary suggested me for the part of Jesse on Full House. So, and then I, um, then Jack. Jack and Gary were very close to the odd couple and then Jack passed away and then you know then I was with Gary a lot and I've just always been attracted to I don't know, attracted is the wrong word but you know I have wanted to be around guys that you know older men that you know had a lot of wisdom and shit that I could learn from I've always hung out with
1: you know Sounds people. very Greek. Is it? Yeah. It sounds very Greek mm-hmm. like the the apprentice and the mentor and the right, right. you know. It's very like very Socrates. What do you hang out with? The comics and stuff? I hang out with comics and I hang out with I mean I hang out with people that uh that I that are that are healthy and interesting yeah, and yeah. and love what they do and uh-huh. you know. It's actually not even all it used to be all comics but now it's you know, what about with the new wife? Did she come with uh, friends? Yeah, she's like? got yeah. great friends. That's great, huh? Really great friends. Really mm. nice people. Talented people. Interesting people. Right? You know, photographers and just interesting mm. people who just kind of—I like anyone who uh, went after something that they were passionate about right. and just kind of figured out how to build their life around that thing. Like it's so that's interesting to me. It's
0: so—it's good to. To expand your social circle. It doesn't mean you have to get rid of old friends or whatever. It's just always good to sort of look for those people, I think, to bring into your life.
1: I agree because I really think the idea – and, of course, this is going to make me sound old. But I think the idea about getting old is just being not open to new things and new ideas and new experiences. And once you kind of – once you stop fertilizing that soil, it just dries up. You know, So you have to – I think it's good to go outside what you would expect that you would like.
0: One hundred percent, and that's why now I'm hanging out with these younger Pat here, my assistant. I'm like, what's <laughs> what music are the kids listening to? What you know? I hate that, with, and I find myself doing. It. I don't know if you do. It's like, oh, that music is
1: shit. What is it? I, what do you, you know, like, Pat? What do you like? Three uh, Eleven? What are you into? What do you yeah. like? The uh, Limb lim biscuits? biscuits? What do you oh, like? Uh, what are your kids? Your goddamn kids yeah, with your rolled MD, up jeans and yeah. your combat boots. <laughs> uh, <Yippies. laughs> <laughs> you but that's movie. the hard for me. That's the hardest part. Like, oh
0: shit! I don't want to be that guy. So I gotta listen to this new music. I gotta hear what's you know what's happening.
1: I mean, I think right? it's I think it's I think it's more. I think it's better to just do you know just do it because you maybe you might have a good well, experience that you might enjoy. I have, yeah. But, I mean, but technology I love like you know that you got to stay with. Right? Are you still playing? Any,
0: are you still playing music? I still play with Beach Boys quite a bit. Um I do, uh, you know, whenever I'm off and they're playing some cool, I go, can I go to Hawaii with you guys? Yes.
1: <laughs> sure.
0: It's the greatest. Mike Love has a new book coming out t- today or tomorrow. I might as well promote that. Yeah.
1: It's actually coming out, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, because this is actually going up the same day we're recording, which is usually unprecedented. Uh, it. Are you playing solo anywhere? Do you do you ever just think like, oh, I just want to tour and do music myself?
0: No, you know, I'm, a, I'm mainly a
1: drummer. I don't love
0: singing. I, I've sang, you know, over the years, but it's not, I don't, I like rhythm. I like, li- I love listening to melody, but I don't like, I'm not good at, at uh, notes. <laughs> I don't have, a, I, don't have a, I mean, I I just did um, Little Mermaid at the Hollywood Bowl where we, you know, everybody. And it took me, it was I had like a three minute song. I, I studied for like, Two months, you know, that's the thing. I will work really hard at, at anything I, you know, that I can't do. I, I, I always had that since I was a kid too. As long as we're talking about like aspirations, I was like, well, if I have enough time, I, I'll I can learn it. You know, mm-hmm. if I if I have to take. Da- I remember I was on Glee, and they would these kids learn the dance stuff so fast. You know, it's like one, two, three, one, fussy, fussy, one. Oh, and they got it. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, great. I'd videotape it, and then I'd work all night with it with a <laughs> dance person. You know, uh, so i do that a lot, but. What was my point? Oh, I don't like singing. So I just like playing drums. Sometimes i play with other groups. I played, um, because, you know, I guess I'm a celebrity or whatever, I got to play with like great people. There's Willie Nelson, um, uh, John Fogarty, I played with a bunch. B.B. King, I played with sometime.
1: Any good stories? Any good, like, oh, I met this person and they were either good or bad? Um, they were
0: all pretty cool. Willie Nelson, well, I showed up at a gig and the, the band guys were like, Are "You gonna sit in?" You gonna sit? I'm like, "No, like what? I, like, no, I just came here to watch. I don't know." No, w- Willie would love you guys. We we have people on stage all the time. I said, "Well, what song? W- where's the set list?" Willie doesn't use the set list. <laughs> <laughs> somehow I got pulled up, and then the drummer, the there was a t- two brothers, a, a guy who played like a snare drum and then a percussionist, and the percussionist said, here, just play all this stuff, and he wanted to play guitar, so I ended up playing, like, most of the set. <laughs> and, then, and then Willie's done, and he's, like, doing his walk-off song. I hadn't met him yet, and the manager's like, go, go up there, get get up there and, like, to get a picture, and he looked at me. And I was like, hey, you know, and waved to the crowd, and then got in his bus and left. I don't, I don't think I've ever spoken to him. <laughs> but
1: you got to <laughs> I've play done with that. Him. Oh, Yeah, I've done it, like, four or five times. That's amazing.: uh, You've had a lot of pretty I mean, getting to hang out with your heroes and getting to work all this time and continuing to work and selling shows, and are you guys doing more fuller house? did you know? If they did we know? just
0: Oh yeah, yeah, we just finished the second season.: Oh,
1: you already shot it. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck, I didn't even yeah, that's crazy. That was, I heard uh, it was like one of the most watched things Netflix has ever had.
0: It was the most watched show on television last year. Jesus out of right, out of, out of here, all your nerds going out of Walking Dead, out <gasps> of all those shows. That, oh, you're the Walking Dead guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I there just was talk a, about it. There was this uh, they had this, this um, gauge called Symphony, I think, and and they the Net, Netflix doesn't endorse it, but someone else, I think, uh, put it together to see who's really watching what.
1: Yeah, because they don't talk. about They don't it talk about it. But
0: it came out that it was like Full House was the most watched show of the whole year. That's fucking. It is amazing. I don't. I, well, I had the idea for years to go do, um, to do a spinoff, and we couldn't sell it. And then finally, it, and all the networks didn't take it either. And finally, Netflix. We had a meeting with I said, Netflix is never going to do this, and it, you know, it just exploded for them.
1: The Netflix is they're smart. You <laughs> yeah, know, they I'd see say. stuff. They get it.
0: Did you watch that uh, uh, Stranger Things? Did
1: you? Oh yeah, that's okay. so good. Uh, I, it. I mean, the thing that's so brilliant about it that the Duffer Brothers did is that. It's just sort of the meta show around the show of they really captured, like if I had seen that in 1983, that yeah. would be it. Like, that but would be like without being cheesy, like no. without the shitty wigs and the you know the it was so music well done. Stuff, yeah, it was beautifully yeah, done. Yeah, all those kids and even and starting oh, with the D and D and then the yeah. Demogorgon, like everything that show. <laughs> Bar- barb. barb. Oh, so cool. Barb. When, when
0: Barb died, a little piece of me died.
1: Par- barb. That was it. There's a Barb in all of us. A little bit. There's a little Barb in all of us. <laughs> she's cute. That <I> actress <laughs> saw that I tweeted something. She was like, oh my God. Oh, that's fantastic. So what do you,
0: so my girlfriend's a bit of a nerd and she loved. she's been to Comic-Con a million times. Yeah. So that was, she loved it and, but I don't – like watch – you were talking about demigods and, and – she said something last night, a, a term from, from that upstairs or down.
1: Oh, the upside uh, down? Yeah, upside down. And I yeah. go, what's that? And she's like, you watched the fucking show. <laughs> you said you were obsessed with it on Twitter. You should know what it means. It's the parallel universe. So if we're all walking here, right? then the upside down is on the same line. But Is that hell? On the, no, it's not hell. It's just an alternate universe. So what happened? They, 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 who was, so the monster was just one monster. Yeah, the monster was a monster in this alternate universe. Right. That basically these you know these cracks began to form, and Matthew Modine's company was kind of investigating this. I want to figure... go with him
0: for Halloween. Would that be? Big, Matthew... that, big...
1: that would be great. Right? That would Put be your great.
0: Girlfriend, your wife as as Winona Ryder with those big eyes. Yep. You'd go with the white wig. But then she'd have to cry the whole time because Winona Ryder had to cry in every scene of Stranger oh, Things. Really. So wait, keep going because I'm still confused about what happened. So. So but, but but so they were just trying to shoot the what, – what, well, the kid, the nine, what was she doing? She was – Eleven. Eleven. She ba- basically, <laughs> eleven – I think I watched it. They were, unre- they were unrelated. This is where your audience is going, that fucking Stamos, what The two idiot.
1: things were initially – to my perception of the show is the two things were initially unrelated, that Matthew Modine was basically kidnapping children right. and doing science experiments on them and she developed this ability that kind of created this rip between the universes mm-hmm. and kind of open you know the universes they exist kind of you know like in tandem like they're sort of on top of one another but mm-hmm. we're here and they're here so we're on the we're on the same place but just in a different, different a different universe same time. And, and so she kind of penetrate. opened that up right. yeah she could penetrate she sort of opened that up so it was they were related but they were sort of unrelated at the same time and right. so it Summon this creature, which was hunting, which was actually. Look at Chris now. We're now which, we're getting it. Which... It's time to go, and he's so excited. I know. Well, because like... the thing that was genius about it <laughs> is because the whole story that happened in the show. Right. Is set up when the kids are playing D&D at the beginning. Right, like right, they, right. They basically set up this campaign and then the, and then a version of that campaign plays Happens. out as the series. Right. And so that creature becomes the Demogorgon, which they then have to hunt and, you know, so it just – they and the fucking theme song, it was so the beautiful. The music was incredible. So beautiful. The, the titles, all of it. See, you, you could totally do something. You could totally do something like that. What? You could totally. I could totally see you on Stranger Things, or I could see you on True Detective, or one of these limited run series that people do. You're into The Walking Dead, though. That's of course, segment. yeah. You should do Walking Dead. I haven't seen it. Well, I can't. I can't. I don't have yeah. the power to. I want
0: Scream Queens.
1: You've watched it? I have watched Scream Queens. Yeah, because um, Lydia is uh, friends with um, Emma. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, and so yeah, we watched Scream. We were just literally just watching it two nights ago. Really? Watching Scream Queens. Yeah, because we love anything horror. Yeah. Anything? This is really good this season. We're in a hot like a haunted hospital or whatever. That's great. And it's
0: this. Um, it starts off with a with a with a Halloween party, you know, in the eighties
1: or something, and yeah. and
0: someone gets killed, and there's a the character from the Halloween party that you know I think is killing everybody.
1: Yeah, that Ryan Murphy's really figured out yeah, he's, how to make yeah, television. Sure has. Uh, he's yeah, figured yeah. it out. Yeah. I, You're welcome to come back whenever you like. I really appreciate um, you having me. Thank you so much for coming, and thank you for... Coming back after the misunderstanding last shit week, shit happens.
0: So it's the theme of, of this whole hour here. That like, hey, we don't get
1: stressed over silly little. Well,
0: things I appreciate anymore. that. Then everyone's hey, like, it all works out.
1: Right? And then the mics go off, and then he walks, and slams the door. Fast son fast. of a bitch!
0: <laughs> Fuck you! You fucking hippie! What you do to me here?
1: <laughs> so people call people hippies It's funny to me. Now no one does. Chris, that I've anymore. tracked you over the years, and I'm really happy for I you. Appreciate I appreciate mean, that. You know,
0: I remember meeting you so long ago. I think with Bob. And then all of a sudden, I started seeing you everywhere. I'm like, oh, my, this guy's got the most popular show. He's got the most popular popca- podcast. And then, I, But I always knew you were a good guy. And I'm, I'm oh, I happy appreciate to that. spend a little time Thank with you. Thank you
1: very much. Well, hopefully, uh, we can expand and hang out socially at some point. I would love that. As opposed to just uh, podcasty. I actually was going to email you and say, I'm so sorry about the misunderstanding. I realized I had no idea how to get a hold of well, you. We'll so I'll, we'll So we'll swap info. We nice pictures that day. We did take some good pictures. Yeah, which are, which I posted on uh, on the old Instagram. I really appreciate you having me on. Anything any, you want to plug last minute before we let you go? Anything you want to? Queen starts Queens? September twentieth. Yep. And the new
0: season of Fuller House is sometime in December. Fantastic. And um, and Bob Saget is if you were really quiet, we can hear him complaining somewhere.
1: <laughs> Congratulations on being a uh, well-adjusted, healthy, uh, nice-looking individual for today. Thank you so much, John Thank Samos. You. Enjoy a burrito, everyone. you are playing with me right
0: you can binge The Bachelor of Buckingham Palace exclusively on Wondery Plus join Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app